When the sun rises, I wake up and chase my dreams. I won't regret when the sun sets. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to 2023. Is this not the best time of the year? Christmas and New Year's have now gone by. The NFL is going into its playoff season, and the Super Bowl is next month. The World Junior Hockey Tournament was just played in Halifax. Uh, The NHL is now moving into its second half of the season. And every game is a playoff game. Every game has playoff implications. It's so much fun. And the best part about it for me is the Bruins are the best team in the NHL. Can you say that again? Yes, I can. The Bruins have the best record in the NHL. They've only given up 12 points this season. 39 games, they have only missed out on 12 points. That's what this show is all about, folks. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to talk anything and everything that is the Boston Bruins. So welcome to the show. My name is Dave Daniello, and this is the Bruins Forecheck. You may have noticed we had a little bit of fun with the name. We wanted to pay tribute to one of the greatest hockey players of all time, and certainly, probably in many accounts, the best Bruin of all time, and that's number four, Bobby Orr. So when you look at our name, you see Bruins Forecheck, and Forecheck is F-O-R-R, and that is a tribute to Bobby Orr, Robert Gordon Orr, the best Bruin of all time. We want you guys to be part of the show. We're doing this show for you. We want you to reach out to us. We want to get your ideas. So how do you do that? You can email us, bruinsforcheck at gmail.com. You may be watching us on YouTube right now. That's YouTube at Bruins Forecheck. You can get us on Facebook, Instagram at Bruins Forecheck. And you guessed it, the last one, Twitter. You can see us on Twitter, and it is at Bruins Forecheck. So what? let's just get right into this. I don't want to waste any of your time. You came here to talk about the Bruins, so let's do that. And I'm going to start out by telling you guys I am pissed. Huh, you might be asking why. Why are you pissed off, Dave? Well, let me tell you. Where are the Bruins? They're at the top of the standings, and nobody's talking about them. I watch the NHL Network. I listen to SiriusXM Radio. I listen to other podcasts. And nobody's talking about the Bruins. Where are they? Where's the coverage? It's unbelievable. I cannot believe that people aren't spending more time talking about this historic season. Because this could be the best team that you've never heard of. If this was an original six team, you wouldn't even know who they are. If this was the Rangers, if it was Philadelphia, if it was Montreal, that's the only thing that you would see and hear is how good those teams have started the season. Not the Boston Bruins. I don't know what it is. People don't like the black and gold. I don't understand it. This is an incredible year that they're on. They have a brand new head coach. They've got a captain that's in this 18th or 19th season. Krejci's come back. They're so deep, it's unbelievable. I've never seen this team be this deep. And no one talks about it. It's incredible to see. 
if it wasn't for the the uh, NHL Winter Classic against the Penguins, you wouldn't have any coverage about the Bruins. You know what? And thank God TNT did a fantastic job. The lighting was fantastic. The interviews were fantastic. The camera angles. Everything about that Winter Classic was amazing. And then the two teams just put on a great show on top of that. I, I can't. I couldn't have asked for a better game if I was a Bruins fan. It was so much fun to watch Jake DeBrusque score two goals, probably with a broken leg and a broken hand. I mean, are these guys tough? It's unbelievable what he did. It's incredible what he did, and you don't hear enough about it. The man is on long-term injured reserve, and no one is talking about what he did during that game. That's the inspiration for this show. We're going to highlight this stuff. We're going to talk about the Bruins. We're going to talk about this incredible season that they're having. We'll spotlight some players. We're going to get you to know the players. We're going to preview games and a whole lot more. What makes me qualified to do this? I bet you guys didn't know I'm a junior. I'm a former junior A hockey coach. I've, I've coached players from all over the world. USA, Canada, Sweden, Finland, Turkey. Australia, Russia. It's unbelievable. One of the absolute best times of my life. I've had so much fun. I missed the locker room so much. But I have an insight. I've been on the ice. I've broken down film. I've run the drills. I've made adjustments in games. And that's what we're going to do here. We're going to talk level, excuse me, we're going to talk hockey at another level. Not a thousand feet view. We're going to do a 100,000-foot view. You're going to get to see the whole game. It's going to be incredible. Yes, folks, we are talking hockey, not just Boston Bruins hockey. We're going to get it all in there. So make sure your fight straps are secured. Make sure you've got the smelling salts out. I'm going to get you into the game. You're going to go out and hit somebody. You're going to get hit. You're going to take a shot. You're going to be involved. That's what the idea of this show is, to get you involved. The Bruins four checks coming right back. We're going to start breaking down this incredible season and you are going to get informed. Remember, I want you to be involved. Reach out to the show, email, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, get in, involved, reach out, message us. We want to hear from you. We're going to make your stuff part of the show. We're going to have so much fun. I'm so excited. Let's get right into it. I'll be back in 30 seconds. And we're going to start the show.
Okay, folks, welcome back. Thank you to NHL.com uh, and TNT for providing those video clips of Jake DeBrusque scoring those two awesome goals at the Winter Classic. Uh, the game-tying goal, the game-winning goal. Uh, that, that game held on January 2nd. Uh, sight to see at Fenway Park. Thank you again, NHL, uh, for that. Uh, before we get too far into this segment, I wanted to expand a little bit on the lack of Bruins coverage uh, for just another minute. If you're not a Boston Bruins fan, or I should say, if you're a Boston Bruins fan, and you're not in Boston, or if you're not in New England, you're not hearing about this historic season the Bruins are having. You're not. How do I know? Well, let me tell you. I am a displaced Bruins fan. I am not in Boston. I'm not in New England. I used to be. I'm not anymore. I am coming to you from my studio in San Antonio, Texas. Texas, where it's probably 100 degrees six months out of the year. Uh, ice is something they put in their margaritas. Hockey is an afterthought. And I think the Bruins are an afterthought everywhere else. This is an original six team. They have an amazing following. Fans travel well. Jim Montgomery was just talking about this. I saw an interview with him uh, just recently where they were, I think, Minnesota. They had a great following. Florida. Bruins jerseys all throughout the stands. San Jose. Anaheim, we have fans, fellow fans, all over this country, but we don't hear about this team. Hockey is a foreign subject, especially here in Texas. You can call it a USO, an unidentified sporting object. I think hockey's number six in the top four major sports, especially here in, in Texas. If you're a Spurs fan or a Cowboys fan or a Texans fan, well, you get plenty of coverage there. UTSA football, college football, Texas University, baseball, the Texas Rangers, the Houston Astros. Plenty of coverage. So much coverage, I can't stand it sometimes. Arena football gets more fucking coverage than the NHL does. So maybe now you can get a sense of why I'm doing this. I'm tired of it. I have a longing for hockey. I want to talk about it. I want to be part of it. You guys know I was a former coach. I miss the locker room. I miss the players. I miss watching the games. And I miss the coverage. Being a displaced hockey fan, much less a Bruins fan in Texas, is brutal. Brutal. Anyway, let's talk about some stats for the Bruins. As of this airing, uh, the Bruins won again last night. They have a total of 68 points. They lead the league by a stretch. 
68 points out of a possible 80. Like I said in the opening, they've given away 12 points all season. Four overtime losses, four regulation losses, 32 wins. 32 wins out of 40 games. Is this not a great time to be a Bruins fan? There's a second place tie in points at 57 with Carolina and Toronto. And I think the Bruins have games in hand on both of those teams. So to me, they're pulling away. There's an 11-point deficit right now. This team should win the President's Trophy. In my opinion, they should win the Stanley Cup. No one could touch them. But I saw a stat last night. Eight teams that have won the President's Trophy have gone on to win the Stanley Cup. But seven teams have been put out in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Teams that have won the President's Cup. Think about that. 50% might as well be 50-50 on whether you're going to win the Stanley Cup or get put out in the first round if you've won the President's Cup, if you've been the best team in the NHL. The Bruins have some work to do, no doubt. We're only halfway through the season. As a matter of fact, we have one more game to get halfway through the season. But it's a great time to be a Bruins fan. Oh, by the way, this team has not lost in regulation at home. They are 19-0-3 at home. If you're in Boston or if you're in New England... You better be getting tickets and going to watch some games because this shit ain't going to stick around for very long. I can't imagine that they're going to have a second half of the season where they only lose four games in regulation and then go end up 38 wins at home or something like that. Get to the games. Enjoy this. Talk about it. Jump on the bandwagon. It's time. You won't see this again next season. They have a goal differential of 68, plus 68 on the season. The Dallas Stars are in second in goal differential at plus 34. Plus 34. The Bruins have scored 34 more goals or plus 34 more than Dallas. And they're in the second place. Dallas is second place in goal differential. How good is this team that no one's talking about? 156 goals for, 88 goals against. They have an 850 winning percentage. 850. When have you ever been able, as a Bruins fan, to talk about this? To live this? I haven't. We should be talking about it. We should be reveling in it. We should be rubbing it in Montreal's face. We should be talking to every fan and friend that we know that likes a different NHL team, and we should be giving it to them right now. This team right now can't be touched. Let's go a little deeper. Connor McDavid, the best player on the planet. 
leading the league in points at 76. David Pasternak, third in the league, 58 points. Not horrible. 58 points. This is where it gets interesting. McDavid also leads the league in goals at 33. David Pasternak, due to his seven goals in his last three games, a hat trick last night in Anaheim, 32 goals. The man is on pace for a 60-plus goal season. All I heard about was it last year was Matthews. Austin Matthews. 60 goals. Oh, my word. He's in Toronto. David Pasternak is an incredible player. And if you're not talking about him, if the NHL, NHL.com or NHL radio is not talking about David Pasternak as one of the best players in the league, they're losing the fight. And by the way, on another note, Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, what in the fuck are you guys doing? Why is this guy not signed to a long-term deal? He is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. He should be in black and gold for the rest of his career. The fans love him. He scores a ton of points. Bergeron, Marchand, they love playing with him. His teammates love him. What are you doing? Give him the 11 or $12 million it's going to take to sign him and get it the fucking done. Just get it done. I do not want to hear about David Pasternak becoming an Islander because they decided to shell out a little bit more money because you guys wanted him to take the hometown discount. Pay the man. Get your thumbs out of your ass and pay the man. Get this shit done so before he gets hurt, before we go into the playoffs, he's locked up. Because eventually, as it does with a lot of players, this could weigh on him. I don't want him to be distracted. I would rather have him distracted in the middle of the season than at the end of the season and in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's go win a cup with David Pasternak making $11.5 million dollars and let's just be okay with it. Sweeney. Jesus. Get it done. Alright. Goalies. Something near and dear to my heart. I was uh, able to coach my son who was a goalie. He played five years of junior hockey. I got to coach him for two years. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was one of the greatest times that uh, I've been able to share with him. He may not tell you the same thing. Coaching your kid is tough, especially at a high level. But I know a little bit about the goalie position. Linus Olmark, number 35. 1.87 goals against average. One. 0.87. Peter Kachekov from Carolina is 2.2, almost a half a goal worse in second place. 
What a season. He has a 938 save percentage. For every 938 shots, or every 1,000 shots, he saves 938. Incredible. Or pretty much 94 out of 100. Connor Hellebuck is in second with 928 for the Jets. Allmark has two shutouts this season. The league leaders have four. But this is the stat. Isn't it all about winning? This is a winning league, right? NHL, winners. It's all about who wins. It's all about who gets the Stanley Cup. Only one team can do it, and you have to win. Allmark is a winner. 22 wins, one regulation loss, and one overtime loss. I'm speechless. I want this guy on my team. I bet the Sabres want him back, especially with the talent they're amassing. 22 is the guy is almost perfect. 1.87 goals against. 938 save percentage. He's played in 26 games. 22 wins. Only one loss. Only one overtime loss. That record is just insane. And I love having Linus Olmark as the Boston Bruins goalie. Oh, and Swayman. We will get into him on another day, but Swayman. Another goalie near and dear to my heart. Went to the University of Maine. I'm from Maine. They have a long history of putting out goalies. DeBrusque on the long-term IR now with a broken hand, probably a broken foot. 16 goals for 30 points. I am not a Jake DeBrusque fan. Last year, I thought his trade demands were too public. I thought it caused problems. I think that may be one of the reasons that Bruce Cassidy is no longer with the team, which I'm getting to be okay with, by the way. I wasn't okay with it. I think Vegas did a great job of getting him six days after the Bruins let him go. But what can you say about Jim Montgomery? He has reached this kid. I wanted Jake DeBrusque gone last year, and now he's making me a believer. Especially after the Winter Classic and finding out what he's done. You usually hear about Bergeron playing through all sorts of injuries. And doing the things that he does. Scoring goals, helping his team. Well, that's what Jake DeBrusque did on the national stage, by the way. Jake DeBrusque is making me a believer. Bergeron, best captain, best centerman, Selkie trophies, 15 goals, 33 points. Not bad for a guy in late of his late time of his career on a one-year deal. Everybody was saying he was washed up. Well, I think you're finding different. Marshan hurt at the beginning of the season, 13 goals, 37 points. Jim Montgomery says he's the best player on the ice since the, since the uh, Christmas break. How about Trent Frederick? Finding his identity as a tough guy and a goal scorer. 
Cam Neely-ish. Had a great bout the other night. And then, in the third period, scores two goals in 34 seconds on the same shift. I am a big Trent Frederick fan. <laughs> and how deep is this team? I mean, how deep is this team? Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Number one draft pick by the Oilers. He was the league MVP just a few years ago with New Jersey. He's playing on our third line. Taylor Hall is playing on the third line. 13 goals for 29 points. How deep is this team? I've never seen anything like it. It's an embarrassment of riches. And leadership. It's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to leadership on this team. All right, folks, it's time for a break. When we come back, we're going to finish up. We're going to talk about some World Junior Hockey, USA versus Canada, and how the USA got screwed. Yes, I'll say it. I'm putting it out there. The U.S. got screwed. Sure, maybe one of those goals was goalie interference. But let me tell you, we'll break it down a little bit more, and I'll show you why they weren't. We'll preview the Bruins' upcoming schedule in next week's show. So uh, we'll be back in about 60 seconds. Nathan Gauthier, the pass skipped by him. Lucius comes in for McGordy. Works back in. McGordy comes in the high slot. Hughes works in. Luke Hughes with a backhand shot. Miller's to save. Loose puck in front of the general. And it's Jackson Blake ties it up. It's 3-3. having a discussion now with referee Michael Jarek. Now he's definitely in his crease. But if you have the puck board, oh, he's going he's gonna to give her? Team Canada, challenge the play for a goal interference. The question becomes, can you, with the puck on your stick, interfere with the goaltender as you attack the net? After we review, there is a goal, then there is interference, so we have no goal. Pepsi challenge. Gauthier off the draw. There's McCordy with a chance. His stick goes into the net. And it's a score. It's a goal as the stick went flying in. And the U.S. is pulled back with a one. A wild sequence. You're right. Crazy sequence. Another face-off ball. Gets flying around. That's not going to count. That's going to be a challenge, and that will not count. It's underneath his pad. It is covered. He's got it. You cannot shove right. the guy's pad with the puck underneath it under the net to dislodge it. I gotta think they're gonna challenge this one. And they're gonna win this one. After review, it determined that there is a cold letter interference, no goal. Welcome back to our final segment. And you saw during the break that we played the two goals that were waved off in the USA Canada game at the World Junior Tournament uh, in the semifinal round. Um you saw it. You know, what's your take on it? Uh, game is 3-2 to two when the first one goes in. I uh, think you can see that Zellweger, the defenseman for Canada, shoves the USA player into the goalie. Uh, there's a rule that he can't be in the crease. He stopped in the crease. If he doesn't get shoved 
by the Canadian player into the goalie, he's on his way out of the crease, and that way he can shoot the puck. Um, to me, that is not goalie interference. They got screwed on that call. Why did they get screwed? Well, if you've ever been part of junior hockey, a parent, a coach, a player, you know the emotional swings in a game are intense for 16 to 20-year-olds. And especially in a game of that magnitude, you're playing for your country, trying to win a gold medal. That was a huge emotional swing. It's deflating. And you can't help it. It's hard to come back from that. In the NHL, players in the NHL, they learn to deal with that stuff. They get older. They're more experienced. They're trained on how to deal with the emotional swings. These are kids. By taking that goal off the board, that should have been a goal. It should have been three to three. And how different is that game? I'm not going to tell you that Canada wouldn't have won the game. I am not going to be that person. But that game could have been, should have been a lot different if that goal would have counted. It's 3-3 three to three at, that, at that point of the game. Middle of the second period. The U.S. now has momentum. You have no idea what could have happened. Maybe the U.S. up, uh, the U.S. goes up four to three, instead of Canada going up four to two after they took the goal off the board. Maybe that game ends up six three U.S. I'm not saying that that's what would happen, but it's possible because that is a huge emotional swing. And then let's talk about the second one. Everyone in Canada, NHL Network, the fans, I've seen blog posts, I've seen Facebook and Twitter posts about how you can't push a goalie's pad across the goal line. Well, take a look at that clip. They didn't push his pad across the goal line. He did not have control of that puck. That puck was loose it was barely under his pad the u.s player comes in gets his stick on it and that puck goes across the line and they did not push his pad over the goal line i will make a case that that goal should have counted but let's take a look at the game now you're the united states you get up by two Canada, who was the favorite, unbelievably strong team this year with Bedard and Fantilli. And Milic was awesome in that for, the, for Canada. But you get up 2 nothing. Canada comes roaring back, makes it 2-2, two to two, then 3-2. to two, And then you score the tying goal. You're back in it, but then it gets taken away. Canada goes up 4-2. to two. 
And then you score another goal, and that one gets taken away. Now the world is against you. There's no coming back from that. In the NHL, I bet you can count on one hand a team that's had two goals taken off the board and then winning the game. It's almost impossible. Almost impossible. So in my opinion, the U.S. got screwed. Canada was given the game. That's what they wanted. They're playing the tournament in Halifax and in Moncton. They wanted Canada to win. They were too strong not to win. It would have been devastating for that country. And they almost lost in the gold medal game. They wanted Canada to win. They wanted Canada to beat the U.S. It's on Canadian soil. That's how they wanted the tournament to go down. And that's what happened. And frankly, I'll give it, give it to Canada. Congratulations. You guys won the game. You had to beat, you, you, you had to win the gold medal game. But there's a huge letdown after playing the U.S. You know there is. You still have to play. You got into overtime and you won it in overtime. But the WIHF wanted that tournament to go that way. Fans were back in the building. They wanted it to happen that way in Canada. It's their sport. They had to win. The U.S. got screwed. Their opportunity to win was taken away. Shame on you, IIHF. I'm still proud to be an American. What are your thoughts? I want to hear from the Canadians that watch the games. I want you to take an honest look at those two clips that I just put up there and tell me I'm wrong. Reach out to me. Send me an email. Bruinsforcheck at gmail.com. Send me a message on Facebook. Send me a message on Instagram or Twitter. Tell me the U.S. didn't get screwed and the referees bailed you guys out. Back to the Bruins. The Bruins have three games on their upcoming schedule this week. All at home. They don't play until Thursday night, the 12th. They play Seattle at home. On Saturday night, uh, they play Toronto. And then on Monday. Next Monday, we'll wait until that game is finished. It's a 1 o'clock matinee against Philadelphia. We'll wait to drop our next uh, podcast, video cast, however you video, whatever you want to call it, um, until that game's over. That way we can break down those games a little bit. Uh, let's talk about Seattle. Seattle is third in the Pacific Division right now. They have some players. They are doing fantastic this year, uh, certainly in comparison to last year. Jared McCann has 19 goals, 27 points. Matty Beneers is a rookie, is killing it with 14 goals and 30 points. 
Jordan Eberle is on that team. They've got some players. Ryan Donato, former Bruin. Brandon Tanev, Vince Dunn. And in goal, they got Philip Grubauer. Man, he's just solid all the time. He doesn't look that good this year. 881 save percentage, but he's solid. Martin Jones with San Jose for a long time. If they had goaltending, they'd be a serious threat. Their goalies are 891 and an 881 save percentage combined. Again, they're Seattle's third in the Pacific. They're 22, 12, and 4 with 48 points. They trail Vegas by 8 points. Vegas is at 56 points right now. So they're a threat. But Boston's got them at home. But you can't take this team lightly. They play fast. They're physical. And they can score. Everybody knows about Toronto. Toronto's already beat Boston once this year. They get them at home this time. Let's hopefully they can hopefully they can keep their streak going at home. No regulation losses. Toronto is tough. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Tavares. And then Philly. Philly on Monday and a matinee game. Matinees are weird. One o'clock games, you know, it's, it throws off your routine. You know, it's a different deal. You can't get prepared the same way. You know, you're eating at different times, you know, as a player. And Philly, Philly's having a hard time. Everybody knew they would this year. But I got to tell you, Torts has got them playing. You know, they play hard. And he doesn't care about who he sits. Stars, doesn't matter. If you're not getting it done for the team the right way, then he puts you on the bench. But they're struggling. Philadelphia only with 37 points this year. 15, 16, and 7. Excuse me, 15, 18, and 7. As of right now. So the next week, the Bruins have some work to do to keep their season going the way it has been. We'll talk about those games. Uh, any other news that comes up. Hopefully we can get you guys involved and get some people writing to the show. I want to talk hockey. I want to do it next Monday. We're going to wait to drop the next show after the Philadelphia game. But hopefully you'll tune in. We'll talk about the upcoming week. We'll break those games down. We'll get a little bit more in depth. This week was just a welcome to the show. This is what we're going to talk about. Give you an idea of how it's going to be. Share your opinion. And once again, how do you get in touch with us? You can email me. Bruins forecheck at gmail.com. Remember, forecheck is F O R R. Facebook and Instagram at Bruins forecheck. YouTube at Bruins forecheck. Twitter at Bruins forecheck. 
I'm excited to get this off the ground. I am excited to get started. Thank you for taking part. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being an NHL fan. There's not enough of us. You have no idea how much fun this is for me to be able to finally get out there and talk hockey. And I can do it from San Antonio. Until next week, folks. Stay tuned.